0: Beef and mutton and turn them loose on London, do you see? We'll make Earl Warwick bring out King Henry and humbly beg our pardon for all the trouble he's made. Somerset laughed at the thought, carried away by his own imaginings. I tell you, we'll put the world to rights again. Do you understand, Brewer, that the men ran a little wild in Grantham and Stamford or Peterborough or Luton? It doesn't matter. "'If they take the winter hams they come across, "'well, perhaps those men who owned them "'should have been with us, making sure of York.' "'He had the sense to drop his voice to a murmur as he went on. "'If they cut a few throats "'or steal the virtue of a few country maids, "'I imagine it will fire their blood all the more. "'We are the victors, Brewer, "'and you aren't least among us. "'Let your blood seethe for once.' "'without spoiling it all with fears and plots. "'Derry looked back at the young duke, "'his anger poorly hidden. "'Henry Beaufort was charming and handsome, "'and he could speak in a great flow of words "'to bend someone to his will. "'Yet he was such a young man. "'Somerset had rested and eaten well "'while towns that had belonged to the Duke of York "'had been burned to the ground.' "'Grantham and Stamford had been torn down, "'and Derry had witnessed horrors in those streets "'as cruel as anything he'd seen in France. "'It galled him to have a cocky young nobleman "'tell him the men deserved their reward. "'Derry glanced to where Queen Margaret rode ahead "'in a cloak of dark blue. "'Her head bowed toward Earl Percy as they talked. "'Her seven-year-old son, Edward, "'trotted a pony on her other side,' "'the boy's pale curls dipping with weariness. "'Somerset saw the spymaster's glance and smiled wolfishly, "'confident in his youth compared with the older man. "'Queen Margaret wants her husband back, Master Brewer, "'not to hear your womanish concerns over the conduct of the men. "'Perhaps you should let her be the queen, eh, in this one instance?' Somerset took a breath to throw back his head and guffaw at his own humour. As he did so, Derry reached down to the man's boot and gripped the shank of his spur with his gloved hand giving a heave. The duke vanished over his horse's side with a roar, making the animal skitter back and forth as the reins soared. One ducal leg pointed almost straight up to the sky, and Somerset struggled madly to regain his seat. For a few stupefied instants, his head jogged along with a good view of the horse's leathery genitals swinging below. "'Careful there, my lord,' Derry called, prodding his own nag to trot a little distance between them. "'The road is most uneven.' The greater part of his irritation was at himself, for losing his temper, but Derry was infuriated at the Duke as well the source of Margaret's strength, the source of a large part of her authority, lay in her being right. The whole country knew that King Henry was being held prisoner by the Yorkist faction, traitors to a man. There was sympathy for the Queen and her young son, forced to roam the land and find support for her cause. It was a romantic view, perhaps, but it had swayed good men like Owen Tudor, and brought armies to the field that might otherwise have stayed at home. It had given them the victory at the end, with the House of Lancaster rising up after so long with its face pressed down. Letting an army of Scots and Northerners murder, rape, and loot their way to London wouldn't help Margaret's cause or bring one more man to her side. They were fresh from their triumph, still half drunk on it, They had all seen Richard Plantagenet, Duke of York, forced to his knees and killed. They had seen the heads of their most powerful enemies taken away to be spiked on the walls of the city of York. For fifteen thousand men, after the rage and wild panic of battle had settled, they still had the victory like coins in a purse. Ten years of struggle had come to an end, and York was dead on the field his ambitions broken the victory was everything one hard the men who had been...